Let's open our Bibles, please, to the book of Galatians, chapter 6. Galatians, chapter 6, starting at verse 1. I want to read verses 1 through 10 here tonight. But before I do that, I want to pray once again for God's blessing on the reading of his word here tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you, Lord. And again, we ask you, Lord God, to help us as we continue on with this service tonight. We need your help with everything that we do, Lord. We cry out to you with everything that we do. Lord God, we want everything to be blessed by you and anointed by you and led by you, guided by you, directed by you, Lord God. So, Father, we pray that you would just honor this part of the service. I know that we've been blessed and encouraged already through the worship and through the praise and through the prayer and even the announcements, Lord. And we're going to believe now that we're going to be ministered to by the word here tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Very good. All right, let me read this section of scripture first. Then we're going to get into our study for tonight. It says, brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So today we're going to do our best to try to make it to chapter 6. And But before we do, I want to go do what we usually do, and that is do a little bit of review of what we did last week and what we looked at last week. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 17 through 18, we looked at that last week. Galatians chapter 5, verses 17 and 18, and it says this, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law and we learned last week that these verses uh revealed to us the clear picture of the conflict within all of us a battle that rages every day every day of our lives as we strive to follow the law of love love for god and love for for one another. The Apostle Paul is explaining to the young Galatian believers that proving our love to God is greater than physical circumcision. It requires that we allow God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, to cut away all things that have to do with our flesh. And just like physical circumcision is painful, well, when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of us and he starts cutting away at those things that are not right or not good or not healthy for us as men and women of God, it does hurt. It's very painful. It's very difficult. It's sacrificial. That's why the Bible says we need to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Allow the Holy Spirit to cut away all things that are contrary to loving and serving one another and contrary to loving and serving 
our God. True circumcision, remember, is circumcision of the heart. Having a heart that wants to please God. Just out of curiosity, how many of you here tonight want to please God? Amen. Can you say amen? That's why we're here. Wednesday night crowd, we're here because we love God. We want to please God. Then we looked at Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 23. And it lists all kinds of things or behaviors that are part of our flesh. And we don't have to define those as self-explanatory. You can look in a dictionary or you could just look in the mirror and uh, you can define those things for yourself. And so it, it, and then it, so it talks about the works of the flesh and it also talks about the works of the spirit. Let me just read it very, very quickly. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and then it says, and the like, or etc., 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 of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And we focused on the word practice found in Galatians chapter 5, verse 21. We focused on that word, and it says this in verse 21. Envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past. And it says this, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And we define the word practice, to practice something. It says to carry out or perform a particular activity, method, or custom habitually or regularly. Let me read that last part in the New Living Translation. It says this, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Listen, we learned that every single one of us struggles against sin. We learn that all of us, even as Christians, are guilty of sinning. And we learn that it is our responsibility to go to our God daily and repent. I need to repent before I come up to this pulpit and ask God to forgive me of all my sins, to cleanse me. Because, man, I've gone through the whole day, and I need to get my act together. I need to get my mind right. We need to confess our sins daily. We need to humble ourselves daily before our God in this battle against sin. And finally, we need to stop ourselves from allowing ourselves to fall into that dangerous place where we are now practicing sinful behavior or lifestyle. We need to repent because if we don't, then we start getting into habitual sin or practicing sin. And that's a very dangerous place for you and I to be. First John chapter 1 verses 5 through 10 says this. This is a message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, if we say that we're one with Christ and yet we're walking in darkness or practicing sin, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, 
He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many of you are thankful for verse 9? Can you say amen, church? And then it says this, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. I like the way 1 John 1, 6 reads in the New Living Translation. Verse 6 says this, so we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness or practicing sin. We are not practicing the truth. So church, and to all of you who are listening online right now, if you or I find ourselves in a situation where we are practicing sinful behavior, we need to stop deceiving ourselves into thinking that this is okay. We are playing a dangerous game with our soul. We need to begin to go to God and ask him to help us to be set free from this destructive destructive uh, deception and trap. That's why we need to go to God daily. How many of you understand what I'm saying? If you're struggling with something, go to the Lord. Go to the, Keep going to the Lord until he helps you to have victory. Galatians chapter 5 ends with something very important. Galatians 5.26, the last verse of chapter 5 says this. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. As we strive to live a life that pleases God, the Holy Spirit is warning us here not to become conceited and begin to look down on those brothers or sisters in Christ that seem to struggle in their walk with God. You see, it is possible for us as Christians to become conceited and proud. And so the Holy Spirit is letting us know how to respond to someone who is struggling in their walk with Christ. And this leads us to chapter 6, verse 1. Listen to what it says here in chapter 6, verse 1. There's some very powerful verses in verses 1 through 10 here in Galatians chapter 6. And I want to read it once again. Galatians chapter 6 verses 1 through 10. And look how each of these verses is very, very powerful. It says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life and let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart I need to read that to the VBS workers amen verse 10 therefore as we have opportunity let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So I believe that we can all agree that's a very powerful section of Scripture. But we're going to begin by looking at verse number 1. Listen to what verse 1 says. It says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, 
You who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. Let me read it in the New Living Translation. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. The key word here is overtaken or overcome. Again, all of us sin from time to time. And when we do, I pray that we will do the right thing and we will go before our God, not make any excuses, not try to justify it, not try to rationalize it. Well, God, you can't blame me. That person mad dogged me and that person did that to me. I have a right to, I have a right to do this and I have a right. Don't try to justify it. Don't try to rationalize it. Just go to God, humble yourself before God and let him clean and heal your mind. Of whatever it is that you're wrestling with. Is it easy? Of course not. It's a wrestling thing that we have to deal with every single day. So when we do sin, we need to do the right thing. Go before our God. Repent and ask our Lord to forgive us. And we believe by faith that he does. And then we move forward. We move forward trusting that the Lord is going to give us the grace that we need to be victorious. But this word overtaken or overcome by sinful behavior is something different. This means that someone has allowed themselves to get deeply involved with something that has overwhelmed them and they need help. And the worst thing that we can do is become conceited or get or 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 feel like we're somehow proud or self-righteous or begin to look down on that individual that's struggling or to think that we are somehow better than them. We need to remind ourselves we're all sinners saved by grace. Can you say amen church? We need to remind ourselves, man, if we see somebody struggling, maybe you're doing good. Maybe you're, you're, you're doing really great for the Lord. But don't look down on that one that's struggling. That's what the Bible is teaching us here. Looking around our church, I believe that we can all agree. And I, and, uh, I, can, I can say that we can celebrate the fact that a majority of our, the members of our church have been following Christ consistently for many, many years. I mean, I don't want to start naming off names because I'm going to get myself in trouble, okay? Because if I don't mention yours, then you're going to get an attitude with me, and then you're going to have to go to God, and you're going to have to repent for getting an attitude with me. So I don't want to set you up to fall, all right? So I'm not going to mention any names. But we are very fortunate as a church to have so many individuals that have been walking with God for a long time. They're mature, they're seasoned Christians, they're consistent, they're faithful, they're stable. And we need to thank God for men and women of God in the church that have proven themselves faithful in their walk with Jesus Christ. This is something to be thankful for. Thank God for stability and maturity and faithfulness. However, the sad reality is this, that from time to time, We do have certain individuals that get themselves into some trouble. Perhaps they relapse. Perhaps they allow themselves to get distracted because of work and other responsibilities and commitments. And they begin to neglect and lose focus 
on the things of God. Sometimes the blessings can become a curse. That's a sad thing for me to say, but sometimes God begins to bless us as we walk with him, and those blessings become a curse because they take us away from the Lord. Perhaps they begin to make unwise business and financial decisions, and now they are over their heads in debt. Perhaps they get involved with unhealthy relationships. There are a number of reasons why some of us may fall away from our commitment to Christ and end up in some type of sinful lifestyle. But in this verse of Scripture, the Bible instructs us how we are to respond to someone who desires to be restored or brought back into right relationship, not only with Christ, but with the church body. Galatians 6.1, let me read it again. Brethren, if a man is overtaken by any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. New Living Translation. Dear brothers and sisters, if any, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. We have to be careful and we have to ask God to help us not to be harsh with those individuals. You know what I like about our church? Even if you come in here and you are struggling, I can say with a clear conscience that the majority of the people here, they will embrace you. They will love on you. They will hug you. They'll treat you like you're a million dollars. How many of you would agree with that? Can you say amen? Okay. I'm not just making that up just to make our, I, I, that's, uh, that, I believe that's really sincerely true about the personality of our church body. It doesn't matter who you are or what you look like or what you smell like or what you've been through. Well, we're going to embrace you. That's just the way it is. And again, I could name names. I could, na- I could bring up something that happened just a week and a half ago with someone in our church when the homeless lady came in here and how we embraced her, even though it was a, it was a messy situation. But um, it was a beautiful situation at the same time. Okay. And you know what? We are always willing to do what we can to help that person. Even if I've seen some of you personally take people to the rehab. You personally take them to Teen Challenge. You personally take them to Victory Outreach or Outreach or Walter Hoving Home. You personally take them to get something to eat. And again, I can name names, but I'm going to get my trouble, myself in trouble, and I don't want to do that, okay? Or feeding the homeless. There's so many things that you as an individual, part of the Chatsworth Foursquare Church, Body of Christ, do to let people know that no matter what their condition, you're going to love them. And that's what the Bible is telling us to do. If someone comes into the church that has been missing for a while and we can see that they are struggling and having a hard time, the Bible instructs us to speak with them and treat them very gently, very humbly. Thank God that we have a number of people here at our church, as I mentioned already, that I would categorize as mature and spiritual and able to follow the direction of the Holy Spirit. And they know how to minister to someone who is struggling and overwhelmed or overcome or overtaken with something that is destroying their lives. And I can say that they sincerely care. They do it with sincere care and love from their hearts. 1 Corinthians 13.8, love never fails. No matter what we're going through, Love never fails. Showing love, it just never goes bad. If all, it all goes back to that same commandment found in Galatians 5.14. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But then in the second half of Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, we receive a warning from the Holy Spirit. 
Listen to what it says. As we're striving to help or restore or encourage someone back onto the right path, the Bible warns us to be careful so that we too will not fall into sin. If I go into a bar to help talk to somebody or to minister to somebody, I got to be careful because I'm going to want to take a Budweiser or a drink or a margarita. We got to be careful about how we do things. How many of you understand what I'm saying? We got to be very, very careful. Galatians 6 1, the last part says this considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. New Living Translation, last part of verse 6 says this and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. You know, there have been so many times that guys. Uh, or, and, and ladies have come up to me and they are, they, they're, they're weeping and they're repenting and they're letting go of their dope or their porn or whatever it is that, that, that's held them in bondage. And it may be even here at the altar. It could be in my office. It could be out here in the playground. I've, I've even had it happen out there in, at Home Depot in the parking lot, driving the church van. It's happened right there too. And, and here they are at the altar, let's say. And you know what they do? They, they're repenting and they're letting go of whatever it is. And they hand me their dope or they hand me their pipe or they hand me their porn or they give me stuff here at the altar. And here I am now holding their dope in my hand. Holding their porn in my hand. Holding their sin in my hand. And so I, I got to get rid of that stuff immediately. I got to get rid of it immediately. I got to destroy that stuff right away. Otherwise, I too can get tempted. I say to myself, wow, you know what? I got me some good dope here. I'm going to try to sell it and make some money. I got me some good stuff here. I wonder what it's like to get loaded on meth. I even got the pipe on me. I got me some good sexual CDs right here, DVDs or whatever. I want, you know, before I get rid of them, maybe I'm going to take just a, a little peek just to see what's in there. You men who are in ministry, we as men have to be very careful when we're ministering or praying with women. It happens. I mean, sometimes we're situations where we do pray for the opposite sex. And the same thing with you women in ministry. You have to be very careful when ministering or praying with men. Sadly, unfortunately, something that is... that can be start off so innocently, so clean, so spiritually, and can get very, very nasty, very quick. You guys understand what I'm saying? Can you say amen? We have to be careful. We have to be wise. We have to use some common sense. That's why the Bible tells us to be careful when we are dealing with people who are struggling with sin because we are all vulnerable. I'm saying we are all vulnerable. Pastor Jerry and every single one in attendance and every single one that's watching, and don't allow yourself to be conceited and think that you're not vulnerable. Every single one of us is vulnerable of falling into a trap. And we have to be very, very careful, and we could end up falling ourselves when we're doing this stuff. Let me read Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 again, New King James and New Living Translation. It says, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted, New Living Translation, and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Other scriptures that are warning us about the dangers of falling into sin while ministering. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, therefore... Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. It says this in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. It says this, This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. 
A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Not a novice or a new believer or a rookie, lest being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. It's a sad thing, but it's a real thing. You're over here ministering, trying to do a good thing for the Lord, and you end up falling yourself in the midst of it. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 6 and 7, I just read it in the New King James. I just want to read those two verses in the New Living Translation. It says this, An elder must not be a new believer, because he might become proud, and the devil would cause him to fall. And then it says in verse 7, Also, people outside the church must, must speak well of him so that he will not be disgraced and fall into the devil's trap. A couple more scriptures and then we're going to conclude. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 17, it says this, You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, in other words, I'm warning you ahead of time. I'm giving you a heads up. I'm telling you like it is. You got to be careful. Since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness or your own stable walk with God, being led away with the error of the wicked. And lastly, in Proverbs chapter 22, verses 24 and 25, it says this, Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man do not go, lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. We got to be careful. How many of you understand what I'm saying? We got to care. We got to care. We got to be willing to help. We got to be willing to do what we can to encourage people to get back right with the Lord. But we've got to be careful and we got to protect ourselves so that we don't get sucked up into something that we will regret later on. Let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we do pray for ourselves here this morning this evening lord god and lord even though we're here and we want to serve you and we want to be faithful we have to do it very carefully we have to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves and so lord we pray right now that you will help the church to continue to stay sensitive and to continue to stay humble and to continue to stay loving to be willing lord god to just embrace those that come in especially those that are hurting and broken and discouraged and, and struggling with whatever it is that they may be going through but at the same time lord help us to have the wisdom that we need that if we see or discern that something is not right for us to be involved with that we will have the wisdom and the courage to step away to step away from that situation and to trust you and to leave it in your hands in jesus name we ask this father amen i want to give an altar call i just want to give a shout out to those that perhaps are listening right now that do not have a relationship with jesus christ i want to make sure that we give them a chance to repent and come to right relationship with god 
So those of you that are listening right now online, perhaps you're even here at church tonight. If you're sensing the Holy Spirit tugging at your heart and he's trying to connect with you, wanting to connect with you. This is the Lord wanting to establish relationship with you. And the first thing that we need to do is we need to repent. We need to acknowledge that we are sinners and that we need God's help and forgiveness. So if you're ready to do that right now, just follow me in this prayer of repentance. Just say these words. Father, in the name of Jesus, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. And I come before you, Lord, and I ask you to forgive me. I thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. And tonight, I receive the free gift of salvation that you offer to all mankind. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to believe that those people that wanted to respond to the Lord, they responded, and they're with God now. And as we always do, we want to open up the altar now to any of you that need any prayer or you just want to spend some time with the Lord or meditate some time with the Lord, you feel free to come up to the altar. Otherwise, you're all dismissed. Thank you so much for coming out tonight. God bless you. Have a great, great evening. Praise you, Jesus.